If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 7. I want to welcome all those that are watching online today, our church family. God bless you guys. Nice to see all of you uh, here today. We're going to Matthew chapter 7 for the next, uh, for the next few moments. I want to read um, a familiar verse of Scripture, and we will look into God's Word today and see what, what He has to say to us. By the way, the, the hymn that we sang today, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is sinking sand. Now, it's not an accident that we are looking at this hymn today. In light of what's going on in our nation, in light of what's going on with the election, I wanted to remind you today that we all have to make a decision that we are going to stand on the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. Richard Moat wrote this beautiful hymn in 1797. Would he have known that hundreds of years later, as a nation, we would be faced with shifting sands, unstable foundations? He was a, uh, grew up in a home that didn't believe in God, wasn't allowed to have a Bible, and in his teenage years, he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the only song he wrote. On Christ the solid rock I stand. He wrote it and, and he was invited by his pastor to go to the, the, the house, the, the home of a woman who was dying. And the pastor usually sang a hymn before he would pray for people. He didn't have his hymn book and Edward Moat happened to say, I've got a hymn. And he sang this song, On Christ the solid rock I stand as a wonderful reminder to that woman and a wonderful reminder to all of us that in times of uncertainty, in times of trials, in times of crisis, we can stand on the rock and we will not only survive, but we will thrive and become all that God wants us to be. Can I get a big amen? amen. Aren't you glad your feet are on the rock today? Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. I want to read just a, a short parable to you and then we're going to talk, okay? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears my words and puts them into practice. See, church, let me have your eyes and ears just for a moment. We got to do more than just hear the word. Hear the word is half of the equation. And I do believe, I mean, we're, we're, that at this church, we have a long history of trusting in God's Word. Scripture. We're not, we're not moved and, and, and by, by, by what man says, but we look into the Scripture and we study the Scripture and we do this every single Sunday. And, and, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching online today. But we got to do more than just hear the Word. It says, blessed is the man who hears the Word and puts it into practice. You're going to have an opportunity this week to put into practice what I'm talking about, what God's Word is saying to us today. Hear it and put it into practice. And it goes on to say, when you are that man, you are like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Everyone say rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the rock, on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I had plans this weekend, since it was my birthday weekend, to, 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 to be a little selfish. Thank you. I'm on my way to 60. I wanted to, I wanted to go out and get a nice meal. I wanted to go play some golf. I wanted to spend time with my family, and I was able to do that, and I had a great, great birthday. But on Thursday evening, I, I got a call. We had a book signing at the Winter Park Racquet Club, and a lot of people in the community were there. And, and right before that event, I got a call from the church at about 4 p.m. It was a lady in New Jersey, and she said, it's imperative that I talk to you today. Now, I could have been really selfish. I could have been really just, uh, we'll just let it, let it, let it ride until Monday morning, and we'll pick it back up. But I decided I was going to give her a call. It was a lady in New Jersey who happened to see me on an interview last week. And because of that interview online, she purchased the book Blindsided. And she started to read it. Halfway in the book, she gets a call that her nephew of 20 years old, a student at the University of South Florida, was tragically hit by a car, and he's in a coma. He didn't have his phone on him. He didn't have his wallet. And for two days, he was in the hospital, and the family had no idea what was going on. She called me and said, Pastor Scott, you don't know me, but I've been reading your book, and I just, I just had to call and ask if you could help and call this family. And I said, absolutely. So I got their number, and I called this beautiful family that has now moved from Tampa because of insurance purposes. Now they're in Daytona Beach. What was described as a catastrophic brain injury. And I got on the phone with Maria. And there was just something about when you have God's anointing on your life and, and confidence that you can speak to somebody who you don't know and you can speak with authority and you can speak with confidence and you can speak with not only compassion but boldness. And she said, what in the world are we going to do? So for the next hour, I was able just to, just to talk with her, give her some insights help her navigate through a, a, a horrific situation. You see, we go through things, and we walk through storms, 
And we encounter tough times and difficult times so that we can receive hope from God, but you don't receive hope from God to keep it to yourself. You and I receive hope, and we get that ability to get through the storm so that one day we can reach back and help other people who are in the midst of the storm. So here it is on my birthday weekend at Thursday at 6 o'clock. An hour before a big event, I was able just to, just to speak life and hope and, 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 and practically help this wonderful family. God willing, I'm going to go down on this week and go visit them and sit with them and, and pray with them again and walk them through that situation. See, she was going through a storm. The rains came. The streams rose. The wind blew. And my words to her was that you've got to keep firm and stand firm and be strong and keep your, thank goodness they were believers and so I was able to speak the word of God to them. And as I was speaking to her about what you do when you're in the middle of a storm, I really felt impressed to say this, that if it was good enough for that family, it's good enough for Pine Castle United Methodist Church. And so I'm shifting today and I'm simply going to give you some advice the same advice that I gave her, how do we fight through the storms of life and how can we be strong and how can we stand when all hell is breaking loose in our lives? How many are here today and you can say that you honestly have faced a few storms in your life? And when your feet are on the solid rock, you and I can get through that storm. We can navigate through that crisis. We can navigate through that difficulty, but we've got to remind ourselves that our feet are on the solid rock and we are going to stand. And so as a nation today, we're going through a crisis. We're going through a storm. You're going through things with your kids or on the job or in your finances or with your health. We've got to be reminded today that on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So you have notes today, and those are really cute notes, and they're great notes. They're not going to apply today. <laughs> Let's save them for another day. But I want to give you seven, and you've got room in the notes. I know you do. To write down seven keys, seven ways that you and I can stand in the midst of a storm. And if you're with me this morning, let me hear a big amen. amen. How to stand in the storm. Now, I've said this a million times. Watch this. You're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to walk into a storm. Storms, crisis, hardship, pain, difficulty is a part of life. And Jesus promised us that we were going to have storms. He said, in this life, you're going to have trouble. In this life, things are going to happen that you don't understand. In this life, things are going to happen that you don't design. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so how, Pastor Scott, do I stand in the midst of the storm? And these principles that I'm going to share with you in the next few moments, I want you to apply to your life, but I also want you to keep them handy so you can share this hope with other people who are going through the storms of life. Can I get an amen? amen? Number one, how do I stand in the midst of the storm? This is what I told this family on the phone. Number one, understand 
that storms are not a sign of God's disapproval of you. Understand that storms are not a sign that God is mad at you or that God is punishing you or God is upset with you. The first thing you and I need to understand is that storms happen to everybody, and it's not because God's mad at you. It's not because God doesn't approve of you. Storms are a part of life. And in the middle of storms, the first question we always ask is, what did I do to deserve this? How many has ever thought that? What did I do? And I can respond to you like I did to that family on Thursday. You didn't do anything, but you were born. And when you are born, you are a candidate for the storms of life to come into your family, to come into your life. So number one, the first thing we got to understand is that storms are not a sign of God's disapproval over your life. God still loves you, God believes in you, and he's going to walk you through if your feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. God loves you, he believes in you, and he's going to be with you. Can I get an amen? Number two, the second thing I told this family was, remember that storms usually arrive unannounced. Have you seen the weather people on TV? And the incredible technology that they can start with a sandstorm in Africa, and they can watch that storm weeks and they can see it because of satellites and technology and that sandstorm that starts in Africa, they'll begin to look at it and observe it and study it and for two weeks it will go across the Atlantic Ocean and they know precisely when that storm is going to hit the United States. Wouldn't that be nice if in life that we could get a Doppler warning system? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have Tom Terry Channel 9 News, the weatherman to, 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 to say, you know, in, in, in a couple weeks, a storm is coming. In a couple days, your wife is going to leave you. In a couple days, your kid is going to be rebellious. In, in a few weeks, you're going to get the letter from the IRS. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get a, a, a warning system in place that would warm us, warn us when storms are coming? But the reality is, most storms come Suddenly. And when the storm comes, are y'all with me this morning? You don't have time to work on your foundation. It's too late. You're going to have to weather the storm. And there's going to be some shingles that are going to be missing. There's going to be some roof parts that are going to be gone. There's going to be damage to, 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 to the walls and the drywall, maybe some of the landscaping. It's too late to work on your foundation when the storm is there. So you and I have got to be prepared because storms come suddenly. And they're going to take you by surprise. And you've got to be ready. You have had, already had to make the decision that your foundation is on Jesus Christ, the solid rock that you stand. So when the storms come, you are ready because storms usually come unannounced. Number three, how to stand in the storms of, of life. Number one, understand that storms are not a sign of God's disapproval. Number two, remember the storms usually come unannounced. Number three, realize that storms are a pressure test of your foundation. 
See, a pressure test is good. A pressure test is testing the stability and the strength of your foundation. And so storms come every once in a while. How many has ever had a storm? They come, and the goal is to pressure test your foundation. How strong are you really? The test is the foundation. And in Matthew chapter 7, we saw it today. They had two houses. One was built on a faulty foundation, and when the wind came, when the rain came, it collapsed. But the one that was built on the rock stood the tests of time because storms come to pressure test your foundation. And it's a good thing because after the storm, you can reevaluate your life. You can reevaluate your priorities. You can reevaluate decisions that you have made. And you can make tweaks and you can change because the storms of life come to pressure test your foundation. Number four, I love this one. How do I stand in the storm? Realize that, that, that storms will either help you to ask the question, why me? Or ask the question, what now? Hmm. Storms will get you to ask one of two questions. Why me? Or what now? Now, let me ask, let me ask you a question real quick here this morning. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. How many has ever asked the question, when trouble comes your way, why me? I think we all do. I think that's a natural reaction. Why me? And can I tell you why this is really not the best question to ask? Because you and I will never get the answers we are looking for this side of eternity. You're never going to get the answer that's going to settle you. Because when you ask why me, watch this, the focus is you. Instead, when storms come, I would shift and I would ask the question, what now? God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to become? I don't like the rain. I don't like the wind. I don't like the storm surge. I don't like what's going on. But what can I do to be better through this and not spend your energy asking the question, why me? See, when you ask the question, why me, you are wasting precious energy. And you're trying to find an answer that you're really never going to get. You know that Christ one day got blindsided? He got blindsided when he was taken to the cross. You talk about the, 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 the ultimate blindside when he was taken to the cross. And you know what Christ asked when he was on the cross? Why me? Why? Why are you allowing this to happen? Why do I have to go through this? What did I do to deserve this? And even Christ asked the question, why me? Because that's a natural question to ask when trouble comes into your life. Why me? In fact, he asked it several times. And then Jesus came to a beautiful conclusion, and I believe it's the conclusion that you and I all need to come to when we're faced with storms. Nevertheless, God, not my will, but yours. Nevertheless, God, my life is not my own. I've got goals. 
I'm, I've got accomplishments. I've got an idea of where I want to go. But nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will. And when you come to that place in the midst of the storm, that's when things begin to turn around because your focus is not why me. Your focus is what now. And can I tell you something? I could have never ministered to that family last Thursday if my focus and my attention would have been on why me. I had to make a shift, and you have to make a shift. When troubles come your way, when storms come through your life, God, what now? What can I learn? How can I be better? Help me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. Number five, I love this one. Bruce, you can come to the keyboard just for a moment. Number, number, number five. In the storm, God will seem distant, but he's closer than you think. God's going to feel distant. God, where are you? God, what's going on? God, I can't see you. God, I don't understand what's taking place here. God, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. How many know that Christ, when he died on the cross, it didn't feel good? I don't think feeling good is the goal when you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. There will be things that you and I are going to go through, and it's not going to feel good. Nevertheless, he's going to feel distant. He's going to feel like he's aloof. He's going to feel like you, like you can't see him or sense him. But in the midst of that, Christ is always closer than you think. Look at Psalm 23. The Bible says that he leads us through green pastures. He leads us through quiet waters. He walks with us in the valley. Watch this. And it's in the valley that he says, I am with you. See, Richard Moat wrote about this. He says, when darkness veils your lovely face. Hmm. Boy, he knew what he was talking about. There will be storms in your life that darkness will veil his beautiful face. You won't see him. You won't sense him. You don't feel his nearness. But it's in those moments that he's closer than you think. And one day, if you'll just establish yourself and commit yourself that you're going to stand on the rock, it doesn't matter how tough those winds blow and the rains come and the storm water comes, if your feet is on the rock, the veil is going to be lifted and you're going to see him again. He's there. He's there. I promise you he's there. I've never tasted darkness like I did this past year. How many know in 2020 is going to have an asterisk next to it? <laughs> Fill in the blank. It's a year of whatever. And just because you don't see him, just because darkness veils his lovely face, doesn't mean that he's not there. In fact, he's closer than you can ever imagine. In the storm, he's with you. Number six.
I've learned this one. I've learned all five of these, and this is what I shared with that family on Thursday. And listen to me closely. Storms will attract people that will either build you up or tear you down. Mm. I call them storm chasers. You ever seen those guys on Discovery Channel? It's like a, it's like a magnet. They study the, the temperature and the wind, and they know exactly when storms are going to come, and they chase after storms. Watch this. There are going to be people in your life that when the storm hits you, they are going to be attracted to that storm, and they're either going to tear you down or build you up. Storm chasers. Those that tear you down are ones that come and, and they bring drama. They carry baggage with them. And they look for this moment when you are struggling, you can't see God, you can't feel Him, you're in a storm, and they sense that and they are attracted to the storm in your life. And when they come, they bring more rain more wind, and more storm water. Mark my word. And in many cases, they're the people that are closest to you. They have an agenda. And they bring with them their pain, their hurt. So here you are, watch this. You're in the middle of the greatest storm in your life and things are getting worse because they brought it with them. They're called storm chasers. You don't think storm chasers are real? Ask about Judas and Jesus. Well, Judas went up to kiss Jesus and at the same time stabbed him in the back. Judas means to stab in the back. And they'll kiss you on the cheek and they'll stab you in the back. And their mission is to tear you down. But, but, when you're in a storm, God will bring people into your life that are not there to tear you down. They are there to build you up. And they will surprise you. You can't believe the number of people that God will bring to your rescue, that when you are in the midst of the storm, they will be there to lift you up, to pray for you, to stand with you, and to blow wind into your sail. Beautiful people who have no agenda, no baggage. They just know you're in the midst of the storm, and they're there to build you up and to stand with you. Many of you know, last week I brought Austin. He came to the service. I had so many comments, so many people were so glad to see him. I told Austin, I said, Austin, I want you to come to church because I want you to see, watch this, the people that stood with us in the midst of our storm. And the key to your success when you are going through tough times is to surround yourself 
with people that are going to build you up and not tear you down. And God will bring people. Kay, I see you in the back there today. You've been fighting with your wonderful husband, Jim, for months and months and months and months and months. I hope that this church has stood with you and lifted you up and prayed for you. That's the only way you're going to make it. Be careful of storm chasers because they'll come and they'll bring drama and they'll get you off focus. But there will be people that will come that are going to lift you up and build you up. This is what I want you to do this week. I want you to be a storm chaser and I want you to make somebody better. I want you to find somebody on Facebook or find somebody on the job or find somebody in your neighborhood who you know is going through it and bring hope, bring encouragement, bring the Spirit of God with you. Let it be said of you that when you leave that confrontation, you leave that conversation, that they are better, not worse. God wants to use you. There's people, how many know somebody who's going through a storm today? Reach out. Be bold. Talk with authority and speak life and health and hope into that situation. They need you more than you'll ever know. And then number seven. How to stand in the midst of the storm. Realize that our grace-filled God will always give you second chances. When you fail, you move into doubt, you move into discouragement, the storms come and you fail, guess what? We serve a God who is filled with grace and he will always give you a second chance. Because guess what? There's more than just one storm that you're going to go through. There will be storms. And hopefully, the lessons that you learned in the first couple storms will give you the ability to stand on Christ, the solid rock. Would you look at your notes just for a moment as we get ready to, as we get ready to close? Look at the verses of this beautiful hymn that Edward Mote wrote. Verse 1, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust, trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Verse 2, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he is then my hope and stay. Verse 4, when he will come with trumpet sound. How many are looking forward to that day? Let me hear an amen. When he will come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. We stand today as a nation, we stand today as a church, we stand in Christ alone.
I want you to stand just across the auditorium, those that are watching even by home. I want you to stand. After having done all, stand. God, I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to stand on Christ, the solid rock. I want you to get your, get your feet, just get a little sway in you because the wind is going to come. The rain's going to come, but you're going to stand on the solid rock, Christ, in Christ alone. Let's pray together. God, we all know that there will be times in our life where we don't know what in the world to do but to stand. Lord, I pray for that precious family in Daytona Beach right now. They were overwhelmed with grief heartache, sorrow unspeakable, questions. God, I pray we'll be a church that will build people up when they're faced with their greatest storm. We don't even know them, they don't even know us, but God, help us to be a people that lift up. Help us not to be a people that are looking for opportunities to tear other people down, but help us, God, as a church, as individuals, to be storm chasers filled with hope, filled with purpose, filled with destiny, filled with words of life and healing to people that are struggling through the storms of life. God, for those that are here today, and they are faced with storms, God, I pray that they will settle themselves and establish their feet on the rock. In Christ, the solid rock, I stand in Christ alone. God, for those that feel you're distant and darkness has covered your lovely face, I pray you'll reveal yourself to them today and let them know that you are with them in this storm and we speak peace and hope in the name of Jesus now may the Lord bless you keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace may God give you the courage and the boldness and the strength to search for people that are hurting in the storms of life Fill them with hope. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.